Well, good day. My name is Mark Brown, and you are listening to the Valley in the Shadows podcast. Welcome. Well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the podcast the incredible Zach Arnold. Now, Zach, I met Zach just this past weekend. Uh, we're both involved in law enforcement together, and we were doing, uh, we were at an event providing uh, security and, and law enforcement presence. And it was one of those, one of those sessions, one of those gigs where you do have a bit of time to chat. And and I was just really blessed by Zach and his story. And I thought, you know what, I need to invite him on the podcast. So, Zach, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, thanks. This is my first one. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. <laughs> um, so, back in 2013, your life dramatically changed. Why don't you walk us through that? Tell us, tell us what happened. On my way to work, as any morning, um, I had ridden motorcycles since I was... Uh, 18, um, yeah. 41 now, I'll be 42 this year, and I don't remember the morning. I don't remember going to work that morning. Hmm. I, t- I took the same route as I always do, and it's the same exit off the freeway onto the, the main roads, and uh, I became consciously aware about two and a half weeks later, uh, I was laying in a bed, being rolled through a doorway, yeah. and I just remember... Becoming consciously aware, obviously I had been awake pretty much those two weeks. Uh, I had been alert. I had been answering uh, questions uh, to people and talking to people. Uh, I was told that I wasn't myself because when my my grandparents had raised me and my grandfather was coming into the ICU, uh, I was trying to kick him apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a lot of odd activity that I don't remember, I don't, I have no recollection of. Uh, what was funny about the whole thing was, is when I woke up, I basically woke up from a dream hmm. and I remember the dream and I don't, you're, we're pretty, pretty close to the same age. Hmm. And do you remember the, the eighties, the push pops where they had like the Mickey and the Minnie and the Donald? Yeah. yeah. So weirdest thing of any dream I've ever had. I remember coming out of a dream where Minnie was purple. <laughs> she was on roller skates. Right. And she was passing out food trays in the ICU. Wow. <laughs> I have no recollection of being in the ICU. I just remember coming out of this dream. Wow. So anyways, I'm rolling through a doorway on a bed and I look up and I see my wife standing there and I wave at her and I'm like, "What? where am I? Yeah. And she's like, you're still in the hospital. I'm like, what? Still in the hospital? How'd I get here? She's like... Uh, once they get you set up, I'll tell you. They got me set up. I remember the people who were pushing the stretcher or the bed or whatever I was on it out of the room or out of the curtains. And then my wife says, you were in a bad motorcycle accident about two and a half weeks ago. And I was like, okay, so what happened? And she's like, you died. Uh, your heart was was had been stopped for like 13 minutes before they were able to get it started again. Wow. And, uh, of course I'm looking down at myself like, okay, I mean, I, I guess I look normal. 
and I had a one of those uh, casts, not a not a permanent cast around my neck, one of those you know foam ones that just to keep you stable. And the experience in the hospital was really really odd. Uh, imagine looking down uh, and seeing your body much thinner mm. than if you remember it, you know, the day before, which mm. was probably about two weeks earlier. Mm. Mm. Uh, I finally came, once I finally got home, I lost about 40 pounds. Gosh. Uh, yeah, I went from about 185 to 140. Oh. And uh, I was a stick. Uh, I couldn't mm. believe it. I was, I tried to get up out of the bed. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so bizarre. You, you're, you're, I had worked out my entire life. I was, I don't want to say I'm super strong, but I'm stronger than I look. I yeah. was expecting to be able to just get up and, you know, walk to the bathroom because uh, I just happened to be, I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And so I get on the edge of the bed. I tried to stand up and I just collapsed on the, on the ground. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And my legs were completely, I mean, I could move them, but, but there was nothing, there was no strength. And wow. I had to fight my way back up into the bed and, uh, yeah, it was. I, I I can't remember the feeling at the time, but I have these images in my head of just really really odd. Uh, it, it was totally off. I when you're looking, when you become consciously aware after laying in a bed for you know X amount of time, mm. and I don't know if this happens to everybody, but for me it was. I I tell people, it, I go by like a movie, so. I don't know if you've ever seen, I think you might've seen uh, the fifth element, the movie, the fifth element. So when they bring the the girl back to life in the, in the bed with the clear dome around it and she breaks her way out and she's looking at the people, you know, all the doctors in the room. And it's like when she moves her head left to right, it's like these flashes and your, your perception doesn't register as quick as your head's turning. And it was exactly like that. I, don't, I can't explain that any better than that way, because when it was going on, that movie was in my head like, "Oh my God, what what is what's wrong with what is this vision thing going on here?" Yeah, now you're experiencing the movie. So you you had a two and a half week block of your time that you have no recollection of, and so so what you're saying is that you have no memory of. Not only the accident, but traveling to work that day, um, and so the the last memory you had really was two and a half weeks ago, but it felt like it was just very recent, like you said, you know, yesterday. Except when you wake up, you're forty pounds lighter. You've lost strength in your legs, and the world has moved on two and a half weeks. Things have happened. This stuff happened in the news. Your wife, I'm sure, she had has had things happen. Um, so what, what did it, you know, you talked about the fifth element, the movie, but what, what, what did you, what did you think when you, you realized when you were told, sorry, that you had been clinically dead for 13 minutes, that you'd lost two and a half weeks of your life. You'd been in a horrific accident that you learned of from the police report as much as they could put together from the scene. What how did it affect your your psyche? How did it affect you psychologically? What what sort of stuff was going through your brain at that time as you started to, you know, reconnect with with life? What, did it mess with you? Was it something that 
you kind of like it was a confusing time. How, how did you handle it? Okay, so for as long as I can remember, um, I've always had this uh, perception about the world around me that if I want something, I say I want this, and I don't try to figure out. I, I start off by not trying to figure out how to get it, but then I try to figure out how to get it, and eventually I get it. Now, yeah. you know, when someone says I always get what I want, uh, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a toss up. You know, if I say I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Um, you know, anybody money can buy anything you you if you've got the money, you can buy pretty much anything you want. But when you're restricted on, you know, if you're limited on a certain in a certain avenue to gain something that you're looking for uh doors open uh if you focus i want this you know i I want it i want this you know if you imagine having it uh so when i saw the documentary or the movie it's called the secret uh, it's basically uh uh, it's kind of like a documentary it's it's the way that it's that it's it's drawn out in a movie form it's in the documentary form and basically they say exactly what i've done my whole life before I even saw the movie. And so when all this happened yeah, uh, and I realized that I had died and came back to life and here I am still living today, the first thing that popped into my head was is I remember consciously thinking and, and what's really odd is I don't remember if it was that day, but I have an image in my head of I took the same route to work every day. I would go... I lived basically at Beltway in Richmond, and yeah. I would jump on Beltway, Beltway North, and then I would turn right onto I-10 East, mm-hmm. and I would go I-10, and I would exit Washington Westcott. And I remember, I have a crystal clear image in my head of being on the motorcycle and just cruising with traffic like normal, and where it merges, where 610 merges with I-10, uh, I remember kind of having my hand on the on the on the right side of the handlebar on the throttle and I kind of turned my t- turned to the left and looked to all the traffic because you know you're trying to navigate around so I'm just look, looking around yeah. and I remember thinking at that moment what if I turned around and the car had like just jumped right in front of me yeah so uh, up to that point you know we see movies you know I think that's right when uh the walking dead came out and there's so many movies about the end of the world. And you know what I remember thinking consciously when I would watch walking dead, well, whatever happens, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. Like if, if something bad happens, I want to live through it. I want to live. And that one key like statement just always rang in my head. Like no matter what happens, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live a long and healthy life. I want to live a long and healthy, wealthy life. And I'm laying in the bed, stewing and you know trying to figure out what happened what's wrong here um all all this came down to okay you died but you're still alive you said that no matter what happens you wanted to keep living well the lord brought me back and said you know what you you want to keep living you're i'm letting you live yeah you there's got something something else you know, either more, he's got something else for me to do or, you know, someone else to help or, uh, you know, my time's not finished here. So, um, that's really uh, what, what kind of kept everything kind of 
solid getting through that was, you know, why am I still alive? Why was I, and my body was apparently it was pretty screwed up. My, the four ribs on my right side, the four upper ribs were shattered. Hmm. Um, the, your right lung from what I was told is in three sections and the lower section was completely smashed, hmm. uh, cause my shoulder took a severe impact hmm. and, uh, it crushed my lower, my lung and they had to actually cut, op- cut me open in my chest and they had to actually cut that section out. Hmm. Uh, so when I woke up, I had three chests, I had three tubes sticking out of my side of my chest here. Hmm. And, uh, so that my clavicle was at a place, which still is at a place. My scapula was at a place. My wrist was broken. My knee was damaged. My right heel was damaged. And the dexterity in my right hand, uh, it felt like it was asleep for about three years. Uh, a constant tingling, the nerves. I mean, I can scratch the middle of my palm and I can feel it in three sections all up my arm. It's really, yeah. really weird. But during that whole time, uh, trying to figure this out, um, that's one thing that kind of keep kept everything solid, kept it together within me was, uh, okay, well, obviously the Lord, you know, whether or not people believe it or not, it's, it's, it's all belief anyways. I believe, uh, I believe in a creator. I believe in the Lord created us for a purpose. Mm. Uh, and if he, if he listens to us, cause you know, we hear that if you talk to him, he'll listen to you. And I believe that 100%. And apparently when I was telling him that no matter what happens, I want to live, I want to live, he was listening. And so yeah. there I was, still alive, trying to make sense of all this. And So how, how, obviously it's it's now been, let me do the math here, eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it changed you? I mean, are you... The assumption in this, and let me let me let you kind of answer this first. Are you the same Zach that you were in early 2013? Obviously, we we grow and mature, but you know what I mean. Uh, or actually, has this changed you? And if it has, how how has it changed you? How are you different? Um, I believe it has changed me. Uh, I, it's hard to put how it's changed me, like uh, verbalize it because. I remember, I believe that I'm still the same person. I think that what I've gained through this was wisdom uh, and pay attention more to the surroundings around you. Um, The belief in our Lord has been fully solidified. Uh, If anyone has any question, I'm sure there's lots of people who question uh, because we we can't see it. We, We don't, not everybody gets an answer that they're expecting to get when they feel like they're trying to talk to the Lord. I would say that, uh, it, it changed my view on, uh, how far reckless that we can be mm. without repercussions. Mm. Um, I mean, we all, we all do things, you know, we, we, you know, youngsters party and at the beach and they get drunk and they do stupid stuff. Uh, so you, you, you obviously you've grown even if you hadn't had something happen over that time. But you said something I kind of want to explore a bit more. You said that you've be, you, through that uh, experience, you became aware of risk taking, um, and and what what um, you know the way I understand that is 
did let me let me ask this question. Let me phrase it as a question. Did you realize how vulnerable life can be? How actually how something you know bad things can suddenly happen? Is that is that a, am I putting words in your mouth or is that kind of what no, you're no, describing? No, no, you're, uh, no, you're uh, you're you're hitting it pretty hard. Um, that it, it you know I don't. It's 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 hard for. You know, we, we, when people they they look at vulnerability most of the time, from from my understanding, from my perception of, of the world around me and the people that I see around me, is they they only gauge vulnerability uh, in extreme situations, like if they're you know doing the the big bungee jumping or mm-hmm. skydiving or some kind of extreme sport, you know, uh, extreme uh, supercross stuff or flipping stuff. You know, we go to shows, we see this. Uh, and people think that that really puts people in a, a dangerous situation more so than you know just going to work like normally. Well, that really woke me up to I'm not going to be riding my motorcycle to work uh, because I realized that when I finally read the police report is I didn't hit anybody. Um, there was three people on the police report. One person saw me flying in the air. Mm. One person saw my boat, my motorcycle flying in the air, hmm. and then when my bike hit the ground and slid, it like bumped the back bumper of a Nissan Sentra, and that's the guy who ended up calling the ambulance. Wow! Uh, so uh, on this exit, um, you know, it, and I'm sure that you you drive in the city here too, and hmm. it, it only gets worse as time goes forward. Uh, the people people are in their own bubble; they have no no you know uh, perception that anybody else is around them. Now that they, they see other cars around them, they realize that, Oh, I've got to get around this car. I got to pass this car. I got to, I got to wait for this car or whatever. But, um, they don't, they, they look in, they're seeing about a, you know, about a, a three by five a window mm. when they're driving. Uh, not many people actually turn their head and look. Mm. And I see this all the time. Um, so, we're not vulnerable in extreme situations or only in certain situations. We can walk out the door of our house and it just so happens that, you know, these gangsters happen to be driving by and a guy maybe just waving a gun out because they're playing jokes and the guy bumps it and the gun goes off and you just walk out your door and you get shot. I mean, it's, that's how simple uh, and, you know, precious our lives are. So, Although I do realize and I've taken the, the view that, you know, we could be here today and we could be gone tomorrow. And when, we, mm. we, and when we're gone, we have we'd never even know about it because mm. I was I have no perception of or I have no history in my mind for that two weeks that I was in the ICU. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I was told by the paramedics who actually visited me when I became conscious that. I was refusing to go to the hospital. I was trying to walk to my bike. And uh, they were like, no, you need to go to the hospital. Apparently, I eventually just passed out, and they took me to Ben Taub. Uh-huh. So uh, everything that the, the normal person who has never had any experience, no, no danger, no real action, uh, they really – it's hard for people to really understand. You need to appreciate every minute you have if you're – if you're out doing something, do it 150%. You know, at the same time, it's hard to do things 150% and be mindful of your environment around you uh, totally 100%. So 
you know, we can do as much as we can. And that's pretty much it. So, A, we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. And uh, B, live like today is your last day. Um, Because it could very well be. And when I was out for two weeks, I had no idea. I mean, it's it's hard to explain the complete blackness uh, of being out, even completely unconscious. You know, it's um, whenever something like this happens, and it's really it's really interesting to hear you talk because you know we did chat on the weekend and we didn't get into this depth and. The, you know, this this setting allows that. But you've just said something really profound is it, you know, it, whatever you do, make the most of it. Do the best you can with what you have because you don't know when that will change. And, and that's one of the, uh, I think, a really important point to make for those that are listening is you know, we all go through struggles and trials. Some of us go through very extreme struggles and trials. But the lesson that you're sharing that is something we can all grab is, is for yourself who's been through something so horrific, it taught you, it reminded you, man, every day I got to get up and just give it everything. I've just got to grab life and do the most, the best I can, the most incredible life that I can live. I just love that. I love that. Now, now let me ask you this. What, was there anybody or uh, a book or a, a movie or music or something or all the above that really helped you get through? Um, obviously, once you were discharged from hospital and you were somehow trying to you know, adjust to normal life. Uh, I'm oh, sure man, it had some David issues. Me up. Yeah. Who, yeah, who was David there? Me up, yeah. When Michael David picked me up, uh, it was, it was in the morning and I was, I was like dying to get out of the hospital. I hated being in the hospital and yeah. they brought me down in a wheelchair, which they wouldn't let me walk down by myself. I could walk by this time. I, I had been getting up and trying to get up and, uh, I had, they had wheelchaired me down into the, and I, Right into the drive, the circle you drive, I get up, I get into David's car, and uh, man, within like three seconds, I realized that there'd be no way I could drive because the world was going so fast. The really? When I told you about the flashes when I was in the, just looking around in the room. Yeah. Now, getting into a car the first time, oh my Lord, that was, I had to actually look down because I was actually getting dizzy. I'm if Throughout my entire life, I've been beat down and I get back up again. I've always been, you know, the term is you can either, you know, I'm a fighter. I'm not a physical fighter. I don't like fighting people. I mean, I've had to before, but I don't like to fight. But when it comes to going to the destination I'm trying to get to, I fight. And from the time I got back to my apartment, because I was, we had an apartment at the time. Yeah. The minute I had gotten back to the apartment, it was... I was trying to do push-ups. It took me like two months to do one push-up. Wow. Uh, I, I got into an accident on October 2nd, and I went back to work on, on November 1st. And wow. I didn't get out of the hospital until – I think I was released from the hospital on the 17th. And I, I went home for about a, almost two weeks, and I, I got to get back to work. I couldn't work on cars because I had lost so much strength. Uh, but I had to get back to work because I didn't want to just – I just want to – I didn't want to sit around and, you know – 
waste away. Yeah. Um, but the movie, the documentary that really kept popping into my head was the the movie The Secret, and it was a it was a particular person that they interview in it, and this guy, uh, he was a pilot, and he tested he was testing you know his aircraft that he owned, and he went down in a real bad accident. He could he was completely paralyzed. Yeah, and so he said that while he was in the hospital. He kept thinking in his in his head, I'm I'm healed. And he would say out loud, Thank you for my healing. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for my strength that I've got back. Well, the guy uh, eventually regained his strength. He regained his his movement, his stability, he can walk again. And he did this with the power of his mind. Uh, and a lot of people that are interviewed in this they there's a woman who has cancer and she's given a, a by the doctors oh you've got this much time to live so she her and her husband had this uh theory that okay well, we're going to try this every day we're going to smile we're going to be happy we're going to thank god for giving us another great day and thank him for my healing thank you for this cancer being you know eradicated from my body thank you for my healing thank you for my health yeah. and the cancer went away Wow, and she's still alive today. So, yeah, it, once I realized the power of the mind and what we can do with the power of the mind, it has it has grown exponentially uh, through that learning curve since that since then. So, you, you this documentary directly inspired you called the secret for those mm-hmm. wanting to check it out. Um, and the main lesson you learned from it is that you know what God has given me a mind. Uh, and really implicit in that is, are you going to give up, which is, you know, obviously it originates from the mind, or are you going to get on with it? Uh, and you made the choice, which you reinforced every day, um, to get on with it. I mean, you know, going back to work that quickly, wow. Um, not giving up with the push-ups, wow. You know, you, you could have easily have been two, three days in and said, this is ridiculous. I'm not a, I'm never going to get push-ups done. And, and, but you didn't quit. You didn't give up. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And that leads me to this question. I want to ask you about um, if there was one thing you would like to share with our listeners in overcoming this horrific accident uh, what would it be? What is the one thing you're like, man, you know, this is what I want to share with people who are listening. Only, only that person has complete control of their surroundings, has complete control of their actions, their future. Uh, they, they, no one can rely on anybody else for anything as far as Decision making, you know, routes of the of the life that you want to live, the where you want to go in life, what you want to do, that is completely up to the person. And the people need to realize that the power of the mind is infinite. There is no finite stopping point on how powerful the mind is. And we see this every day we go out into the regular world. We see we see huge uh, buildings that are, are built. We yeah. see, um, yeah. you know, cars that we love and we want to buy, you know, 
everything we see around us, this all started, everything that you see around you started in somebody's mind. Now, we've been, we've been brought up in individual situations and the environments that we live in to either accept the poverty that we have or we're brought up to figure out how to get what you want. Now, I was raised in a wealthy family. My, grand, my grandparents raised me and they, uh, they, my grandmother, her father was a massive entrepreneur. He actually owned quite a bit of the property around Houston. Mm. He had two or three businesses that in, employed a lot of our family. Um, and he was the only entrepreneur in our family. Well, my grandfather who raised me, uh, he was, his mentality was, is just be a good employee, you know, have job security, have to be a good employee, you know, be, uh, I've never, I've never accepted that. Now there's nothing wrong with that. If people want to be a good employee and they, they have a great comfortable life because they work hard for a company. Hey, that's great. If you change your mind to how do I get out of this? What do I need to do to better my situation? What am I not doing that I need to be doing? It's just about your mind can figure out how to get you where you want to go. And that's what I like to tell people is your mind is a lot more powerful than you give it credit for. So stop living in the world around you that you hate and you don't want to be in yep. and start looking around where you want to live. Look, you know, go out and Look at the cars you want to buy. Look in the house, the neighborhood that you want to live in. Just go put your – get your mind saturated into it uh, and you'll be surprised what starts happening. Well, Zach Arnold, you have – you are an inspiration and I just am so blessed to have met you on the weekend and it's the beginning of a friendship. We'll – We'll hang out a lot over the coming years, and you've just Sounds got, great. yeah, you really are an amazing and inspirational guy, and it's just a blessing for you to be been part of the Valley and Shadows podcast. Um, you have taught me a lot, and hopefully those that are listening have also uh, learnt a lot. And, and I want to finish with that thought, just to reflect, is that, that Zach is absolutely spot on. Here is a guy who cl was clinically dead for 13 minutes, who was in a, a, a coma uh, for two, two and a half weeks, uh, who had really every reason to give up. Every reason. No one would have faulted him. I'm sure the family, the Uncle David and all the people around him would have been cajoling him and encouraging him. But, you know, a lot of people would have just said, yeah, look what happened to him. But he made a choice and continues to make a choice every day to live his life to the fullest, to embrace all that life can offer. And I think for all of us who are listening today, that is an incredibly powerful lesson. So, Zach Arnold, God bless you and thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me on. It was great, man. Yeah, see you.